sponsored by the Facial Paralysis and Bell's Palsy Foundation and by Rise Physical Therapy. This is Unique Smiles, the Facial Paralysis Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian April. Welcome to Unique Smiles, the Facial Paralysis Podcast, which are now available on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, and are also now available on YouTube by searching Facial Paralysis Podcast. Today, my guest is Elizabeth Robinson. She is a facial paralysis activist, painter, and has facial paralysis from Ramsey Hunt Syndrome. She has started a support group on Facebook, and Elizabeth, thanks so much for taking the time today. Hi, Brian. Thank you. No, I really appreciate you taking the time, and um um, doing my little happy dance. There you go. Well, we finally met in person. We uh, at the Facial Paralysis Awareness Day this past year, so that's kind of cool. So yes. I've known you for I don't know what three or four years now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I think yeah, probably about probably about three years. I think yeah, three four. Um, definitely, you were one of the first people I I connected with. I think. The fact that you had Ramsey Hunt syndrome and your sense of humour was actually really inspiring and, and just uplifting. And I think there was just an immediate connection between between a few of us and maintained that. I agree. Was... And thank you for that. That was very nice of you to say. No, um, so for those who may be uh, just listening for the first time or those who don't know, what is Ramsey Hunt syndrome? Okay, well, Ramsey Hunt syndrome, also known as herpes zoster oticus, is a reactivation of the chickenpox virus uh, that so many of us have had in our childhood. And it reappears as when the chickenpox virus is reactivated, the varicella virus, um, it reactivates as shingles. And unfortunately, most people, if they get shingles, which is extremely painful, as I know you know and many others know, it comes out in a certain quadrant in the body. With Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, the shingles uh, reactivates in the geniculin ganglion, i.e. in the inner ear. And it's a really, really tiny spot where all the cranial nerves meet and the facial nerves go out. So... There's no skin and the, no, the shingles has nowhere to go, so it travels up the cranial nerves and down the facial nerves and ends up causing facial paralysis. Uh, and in my case, it also crushed my auditory nerve and caused me to become deaf in the left-hand side. Uh, so it's often confused with Bell's palsy. Uh, the big difference is, is the incredible pain and also the cause is known, uh, it's, it's shingles. Definitely can testify to the pain. That is uh, not a good time. Uh, so I guess, tell us uh, a little bit of your story. So it was in uh, January, 2015, uh, that's our summer. And I was a teacher at a local high school, a French teacher, teaching kindergarten right up into the, the senior uh, school and um, I had a great holiday I was looking forward to going back to work there was a very stressful family uh, incident I don't know if that's what caused it um, and it's one of those things one one can't blame any certain event 
Um, I think there was just a, a, a build-up of, of stress. And I started getting a really terrible earache um, and also a toothache. And I thought, oh, I'll just go to the dentist. And then the earache built up to the point where I had to go to the doctor. And I went, this was on the evening, I think, of January the 14th. Um, I went to the doctor and said, look, I've got this piercing earache. Uh, and he looked, felt my glands and everything, said there's absolutely nothing wrong. Now, at that stage, because the, the shingles was activating so deep inside, they couldn't actually see anything that hadn't appeared on my face or in, inside my, my ear. He just said it's a little bit pink, nothing to worry about, your glands aren't gone, etc. you know, um, whatever. And I, I said, well, could the earache coming from my teeth? And, well, that's possible as well. So went home, I was staying with my sister at the time. Um, she said to me when I walked in that my face looked funny and my eye was a bit glazed. Um, and I looked in the mirror and couldn't really see it. It didn't look like I was overtired. Went to sleep, woke up at 4 a.m., um, went to splash some water in my face to cool down and sort of ran down my face. And I turned on the bathroom light and my face had dropped. So that was 4 o'clock. And, of course, I went on to Dr. Google. And at the time, I knew I wasn't having a stroke. I said, oh, you should have called an ambulance and Having done things first aid and everything, I did all the instant checks for strokes, lifting my arm. Um, can I do this? Can I match this? Yep. Uh, I just I just knew it wasn't a stroke. Uh, found Bell's palsy uh, online. Thought, well, it could be that, but I'm in this incredible pain. Uh, and then thought that read that a, a tooth abscess can cause facial paralysis. So I waited till the morning. Got an emergency appointment. Dentist went in. They took an X-ray. One of my teeth, in fact, the nose had died, but they were, they were actually fantastic. I, I was a dentist who saved me. He said, um, you've got to go to doctors and get this checked out. And this is on the Friday. I said, oh, I've got a doctor's appointment Monday. And he said, no, you need to go to hospital straight away. I, the pain got worse and worse and worse. It just was intensifying. And then by tomorrow at the hospital, um, my eye, I couldn't close my eye. They checked me out for a stroke. They were, in fact, going to, to um, what's the word, when they discharged me. Mm -hmm. uh, the intern was going to discharge me when she said it wasn't a stroke. And I just looked and I said, no, I'm not going home. <laughs> um, my sister's with me too. She said, she's not going home. We're, we want an answer here. The doctor on the rounds came in to one look at me and just he was the one who went to action mode with um, CT scans. Uh, they didn't do an MRI, and I got there about nine o'clock in the morning. But the neurosurgeon didn't seem back till about five o'clock. By that time, my face was frozen. I couldn't close my left eye, and the pain was just unbearable in my in, in my in my left ear. And it was bright red. You could see the vesicles were starting to form on the outside of the ear. Uh, they were the ones who said I had Ramsey Hunt syndrome, and um, said I needed to see a doctor, get an MRI and gave me a script for antivirals and prednisone and sent me home, which uh, wasn't great, really. So they didn't uh, admit you to the hospital? No, I, because I have since checked and the, the protocol, especially coming out of America for Ramsey Hunt syndrome, is they are suggesting 
IV antiviral uh, because the Jacqueline oral is just it's not strong enough. You need to get them in straight away. The co-cortisone, the prednisone, and the and the antivirals. But they just seemed to think it was like, oh, you'd be okay. Um, and I wasn't. I've never really recovered. I was going to say, uh, do you have vestibular issues? Yes, especially in the at, from the hearing loss. Uh, that took a while to adjust. The first 18 months, I, I used a, a walking stick because I'd fall over a lot. Uh, in fact, the worst thing was I fell down the stairs and broke my ankle uh, one year. And then two years ago, I slipped in the kitchen because I can't hear distance and direction of sound. And the, the phone rang and I did a quick turn in the kitchen. There was water on the floor and fell over and um, broke my wrist. So, yeah, they've been pretty bad. The I kept insisting I had vertigo. The EMT said I didn't, sent me off the test. And in fact, I did. I had BPPV, um, which is a benign positional paroxysmal vertigo it's basically when the crystals have escaped from the inner ear and they do an epping maneuver and so the crystals will come back in and that helped a lot i still now five years on i'll be five years in january i still i have terrible tinnitus in my left ear it's settled down a lot but i still get occasional bouts of uh, vertigo or more dizziness or just that feeling of like i just don't know where i am and that might last for, for a few days um, and then, then stop. So often, usually when it's really, really hot, does that place have it my nerves? Hmm. That's interesting. So, yeah, the vestibular issues are a, a big part of, of Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. So how did that affect, uh, how did that affect you, like you emotionally in the beginning? Woo! <laughs> how long have you got? <laughs> um <laughs> I'm laughing now, but I wasn't laughing then really badly. I went into a really dark place. I, especially the first, I'd say for about two years, I, there, there were times where I really just didn't want to live anymore. My life changed. I, I didn't want to be out in public. Um, it just, it, and it just a roller coaster of emotions especially the first few months. I think when it started, when it got to the six-month mark and I wasn't really getting any better. Um, but something turned on the, the two-year mark and I'd say now I'm, I'm, I'm in a really good place emotionally and socially and, and psychologically. But that first, especially that first year and that's a message that I like to get out to a lot of people through my group and that I talk to. And as you know, is there is no shame in, in feeling depressed. And I think it's really important that when one acquires facial paralysis, be it through Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, Bell's palsy, uh, trauma, AN removal, all the multiple reasons that it can happen, to, to seek professional help, to seek out a psychologist or a counsellor because this is incredible loss of self and identity um, and so much emphasis in our society placed on smiles and, 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 and beauty and it's so hard to cope with on one's own and 
family and friends, no matter how understanding they try to be, I, they, they, they don't get it. And I don't blame them. It's, it's too hard to get. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was hard. It was hard. It was tough. Yeah, it's definitely a really tough time. You actually answered one of the things I was going to ask about advice for people uh, who just recently acquired facial paralysis. Do you have any other additional advice? Um, yeah, well, I'm going to sound like I'm self-promoting, but, I, <laughs> but join my group. Uh, uh, look, I think it's... That's what we do, right? We're, we're trying to just, we're trying to reach out to people and, uh, and help them in any way we can, so. Well, well what is, and, and the reason, and one of the reasons I started my group was there's so little information in, in Australia and, and, and Sydney. Yeah, we're just inspired by the facial paralysis support group in America and then inspired that there wasn't really much here in Australia and then prompted by friends who were saying to me, oh, Elizabeth, you're always posting really positive stuff and really good stuff and, you know, wh why don't you just start growing group? So I did. I took the plunge and just one didn't realise how easy it was going to be uh, as a closed or a private group on Facebook, just set it up um, and automatically added all my friends that have facial paralysis, whether they liked it or not. So I had a little base group to start with. And amazingly, it's just, um, it, it's it's grown to now over 600 members wow. in just over two years. And the group is just there, it's there for support. And the thing is that support groups can have the disadvantages that they can drag you down if people are always posting up really terrible and hard stories, which they are. Um, and there was a, a group that was on a, a Ramsey Hunt syndrome group, uh, not the one in America, but another one. And it was, it was just full of doom and gloom. And so I said, I thought, no, I want a group that offers support where people feel that can come on and vent, but also get information. So I like to post up a mixture of medical information that people can have access to. Um, people can post their stories and it's turned into something that's even beyond my control that people have connected so much from across the world and it, that it feels to me it's a bit like a family. We can, we can um, all have a laugh on it, um, post up funny things, sad things, share stories and, um, and just know that we're not alone. And I think that's the biggest factor in, in having facial paralysis is that feeling of isolation. I am the only person in the world that has this. And then when we meet other people, either online or face-to-face, -face, uh, forgive the pun, um, that have fish paralysis and you can share how you feel and things that the difficulties that, and challenges you might face, you go, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm not alone. And it's for me, it's almost like belonging now to a special club. <laughs> so what is the name of this group? Uh, and, the name of the group And where is, can people find it? I'm sorry. They can find it on Facebook. So... Um, Facial Paralysis Support Network, Australia, New Zealand, World. And that's open to anyone for facial paralysis from any cause? Any, yeah, there are over 50 causes of facial paralysis. Um, if you've got one of those, um, if you've got facial paralysis from one of those causes, 
you are more than welcome to join. And also there are often people, partners who have joined in order to have a greater understanding of what is going on. Um, so it's uh, open to, and there are certain questions to be asked. And, and I, I try and be vigilant that um, because there are always people in the world who, you know, who, who want to scam and want to self-promote and just not and, genuine. So yeah. I'm, I, I try and be as vigilant as I possibly can in, in, in checking people. And, and there's a big crossover between the, the two groups. Um, a lot of people are on the Fresh Prowse Support Network, um, what well, I call it the American one, and also on the single-sided deafness uh, support group, SSD. So it's sort of quite funny sometimes, you know, you'll post something in, uh, on one group and then you'll see the name pop up in another group. I have no idea what you're um, talking about. I would never do that. Never. No. no. <laughs> Where do you think these podcasts go? <laughs> well, and, and, that's, and I think that's the great thing about it. It's really good. Like, I'm not precious about my, my group. I mean, I call it my group, but it's, uh, I, I like to refer to it as our group. Uh, it, it's there for anyone, everyone. And, and it also, it's an ebb and flow. People, people come on to support groups, they come, they go, uh, they find the support that they need. And sometimes, they don't find the support they need or want. Um, and that's just the and flow of life and, and support groups in general. So one more time, the, the name of your Facebook group is? Facial Paralysis Support Network, Australia, New Zealand, World. Very cool. So let me ask you this. Um, what about yeah. fatigue? Do you, um, with Ramsey Hunt, a lot of people talk about chronic fatigue and just have you experienced that yes definitely this is something again it's so hard to explain um because one gets the usual oh everyone's tired sometimes the fatigue is just so overwhelming i i, I can't get out of bed or i can't move uh and i have a lot of pain uh not, not just in my face but in in the rest of my body and also, I suffer from hearing loss, exhaustion. So if I've been in a really noisy environment where I'm trying to concentrate and focus and maybe picking up, you know, 50, 60% of the conversation if I'm lucky, um, my brain's working overtime. My brain's working overtime to stand up straight with the particular issues. My brain's working overtime to hear conversations. And then it just seems with RHS that, People get this terrible fatigue. I've had all the tests for it. Of course, been told, no, you don't have chronic fatigue. You don't have any of the markers. Um, but my question today is, well, I'm not imagining it. Um, and not only am I not imagining it, but everyone I know on the group and otherwise who has Ramsey Hunt syndrome complains of the fatigue. So I don't know. There has to be something there. But of course... I don't think it's considered one of the big problems is research and for research it requires money and the money usually goes to bigger and what are considered, you know, more important areas to research because, uh, you know, with Ramsey Hunt syndrome, the attitude is, well, we know what caused it and we know the, me the medicines that can be given, the pharmaceutical products can be given. So I suppose then unless we find some 
young neurologist, someone who's really, really passionate about Ramsey Heart Syndrome. But um, at the moment, we're just going to be tired. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's crazy to me how like I'm ten years post onset and I still just get so tired and it's it's crazy. Uh, and you tell people, and like you said, they go, oh, yeah, it's you're, everyone gets tired. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is, <laughs> this is not tired. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it is crazy, and it can it, it can suddenly, like, hit. I, I mean, I, I can be up doing something and fine, and, and then suddenly, bang, um, it just comes over me. I've got, oh, I've got to lie down. So, yeah, it is, it is, it is crazy. <laughs> it's very strange. But, but, you know. Are there any misconceptions people have about you because of facial paralysis? Yes, probably the biggest misconception is because it's a double whammy, because of my hearing loss, I will tilt my head to, to my good son and will furrow the one brow that I can furrow. The other one's just paralyzed <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it's to, it, because I'm really concentrating. So I know myself. Physically, and people have told me, I've asked them, that I'm giving off these strange signals of my actual body placement is unusual because I'm turning my head and, and looking looking like I'm really concentrating. And the other misconception is that people think I'm really angry all the time or I'm really unhappy. And uh, because, basically because I can't, I, I, I can't full smile. Um, I've never recovered, so the left hand side of my face, the, my lips don't move, move at all. Um, I've had facial physiotherapy, which has been absolutely fantastic here in, in, in Sydney, and um, by the wonderful Dr. Ellie Seckhold. I've her applied because she's great. Um, and you guys have got the great Jackie Deals over there. So um, that has helped. And again, then it becomes the, the, the Botox roller coaster because, as you know, and I don't know if the listeners know, but Botox is fantastic for the synchronesis, which is the causes the muscle spasms and a lot of the pain. So, and that's catch 22 as well because sometimes with the, with the Botox, it will stop the pain, but then I can't move at all. Um, and then because of the synchronicities, it pulls the left-hand side of my mouth down. So I look like I'm frowning a lot. So, yeah, so it gets back to the original question. The misconception is that I'm, um, I can be grumpy or, or angry. So I have learned to really try and animate with the top third of my, my face, um, which is also a bit hard because my eye closes a lot. But I've tried techniques where I sort of, when I meet people, turn my face more on, on the good side and, and try and be very, very animated, um, more animated with my voice and animated with my hands and facial, what facial movements I've got to try and get across that I'm, I'm a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> and you are a nice person. Try to so, be. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, most of the That's time. Wonderful. And then, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. But it is hard. And I, I think too that, I'm, I'm, I know now, five years on, I've done a lot of work internally and externally. I'm not operations, but really trying to accept it and work with it um, rather than fighting against it. It's like, well, it is what it is. 
um, I could spend my whole time crying and curled up in a fetal position. But, you know, you get hungry, you've got to get up and keep going. And, and I think that's the only thing, you just, one has to keep moving forward and trying to reach a place of acceptance. It isn't easy. Um, by no means, I think it's easy. But I know when I came probably last year after my trip to America, I, I found myself in a, a really, really good place of, of acceptance that this is, this is what it is. I can't change it. And more importantly, I came to that place of acceptance of I'm still me inside and I'm, I'm a good person. I'm a kind person. Not everyone likes me, but not everyone has to like me. And when, when it sounds corny, I know when I reached that place of acceptance, it was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And I was a lot happier. I totally agree with that and can yeah. totally relate to that. So, uh, yeah. and look, Brian, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not here going, oh, you know, like, yes, we have to reach a pace of peace and acceptance. No, um, it, it's not easy. But I found that anger was, was eating me up and I was wasting valuable and precious time and, and harming relationships around me by being angry all the time. So I had to say, well, okay. And I, I can honestly say that starting the group and meeting people across the world on the group, my neurologist said to me, oh, you're so tired and everything. You, you know, do you have the energy for this? Why have you started this group? And I said, well, it's the only way I can make sense of what has happened to me is by helping other people. So I can honestly say that starting the group and meeting other people and talking to other people has helped me reach a, a place of acceptance. Yeah, I think the more you talk about it and the more you uh, verbalize it, it and just get it out of your system, it, it really helps. I really believe that. Yeah. Like the more you, even mm. if it's to a friend or to a therapist, but especially if it's to somebody who understands and knows what you're going through, that's just yeah. the more you do it, the more, the lighter it gets over time because you just start getting that heaviness yes. out of you. So. I, I yes. agree a thousand percent that that's yeah that's really a, a great way to go. Now you you do painting and you yes. do something really interesting with that uh, in regards with <laughs> facial paralysis. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, that that's sort of like a funny story too because I never painted in my life. In the first year, I was getting really bad. What I can only describe as fibromyalgia. I thought it was rheumatoid arthritis. And my hands were getting really crippled. I would have to sort of like in the mornings sort of almost crawl my way into the shower, get hot water on it to, to release and get my hands moving. So I was sitting at home and I thought, this is crazy. I, I've got to take control and I've got to do something that's going to help me overcome my isolation, overcome my social anxiety because um, I wasn't, I haven't been able to work. Um, I was teaching I, I I've actually had to quit my job as, as teaching. Um, they held my job over for me, but it got to the point like I can't come back. I mean, you know, slurring, slurring, stuttering is not great for for a language teacher. <laughs> no, um, no, or, 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 or and not being able to hear, you know, as so we carrying out conversation classes. But anyway, so um, I was just looking through uh, on Facebook and saw the local college, community college. Was having a beginner's art class 
and it was on during the day and it's really close to me and I thought oh I can handle this so um I went along and to my great joy delight and surprise found out that I could actually paint <laughs> and um in fact my very first big painting was of um a broken a broken face and then I don't know I just sort of it became quite cathartic so what I do is I take famous portraits say for example a uh, self-portrait of Frida Kahlo or um, Venus by Botticelli and I take their face but I give them facial paralysis and what I actually do as well is I paint the nose in gold which is based on the Japanese cruel theory or some people call Kintsugi excuse my Japanese pronunciation I'm sure that's probably wrong um, where they believe if a ceramic bowl is broken they fix it with gold and say that the repaired product is even more beautiful than the original because we all carry scars and we're all broken and we need to carry those scars and that brokenness not as sadness but as as a sign of beauty and so for me the paintings became also a bit of a challenge to people some people find them quite confronting but it was like well I, I challenge you to say that this portrait is not beautiful the most recent one I've done is the girl pearl earring and I found an app where I could actually put my face into the portrait so I painted my face as the girl's pearl earring um and given it facial paralysis and the eyes smaller and the mouths turned down and 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 there's there's also a certain sadness to them and a certain beauty to them i know and i've been so delighted because i post them up in the group sometimes you know people have written to me just saying that they've been really touched by them and for me that outweighs so much that a, a painting that an amateur painting that i can do can 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 touch people because they, the people have written to me and said this is how i feel um, and and that, that's, that's exciting and very, very, very touching and very moving and yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. And yeah. I, I think it just goes to show just like what the little shift of perspective in your mind and attitude, what a difference that can make in, in your life. Yeah. Painting has become my, my safe place. And it's interesting at first when I was doing the paintings, it was sort of cathartic and I, I'd get really quite distressed. Um, now, now when I do them, I, I really enjoy doing these spaces. And um, <laughs> even had a, an argument, but a heated discussion from my, my art colleague uh, that I get on really well with. He was getting really annoyed and he goes, stop painting that. You don't look like that. Your face doesn't look like that. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're far more beautiful than that. And I was like, it's okay. <laughs> I still think it's beautiful. I said, but I'm representing, you know, my eyes closed, my mouth turned down and, you know, there's, that's just the way it is. I still think it's beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. Um, it, is, it is. It really is. And I guess that, that kind of leads into my last question is, what do you say to people who are afraid to pursue their hobbies or go outside uh, because of facial paralysis? Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Dig deep and, 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 and do it. And see, it might be a cliche what I'm going to say, but see it as a marathon not a sprint. I know it's taken me 
close to five years, I don't hesitate to to get dressed, go out now and, and, and do what I want to do. Um, the only thing that stopped me now is the fatigue factor. Whereas at the beginning, I, I look at photos, I hid my face, I was embarrassed, I was upset, I was angry, and I thought my life was over. And I, I look back now and I think I wasted so much time and emotional energy, but that's what happened. So I suppose in hindsight, my advice would be to people is it does get better. We, we, we think it doesn't, and, and physically it might not, but emotionally and psychologically we get better. We have to learn to not worry about what other people think. I was in a good position before I got Ramsey Hunt syndrome is I really couldn't care less what people thought of me. I really didn't. I mean, I wouldn't go and away to harm people, but I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, how many billion people on the planet, that person doesn't like me, whatever, I don't care. So I had that resilience and strength before I got it, before I got facial paralysis. Mm. So now it's harnessing that for everyone who gets it. Go, what does it matter? Um, yeah, like the pain is awful, what we lose is awful, but we're still the same people inside. And if other people want to stare, that's just going to happen. And if other people want to stare, look, make comments, that's their issue, not our issue. Yeah, I, 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 does that make sense? I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, just go out and enjoy life and live life. And, and having to accept, like, there are certain things I can't do anymore that I, I used to do. I used to love dancing and drumming, but I can't do that anymore. But now I can paint. And I would never know I painted if I hadn't got Ramsey Hunt syndrome. And the other, I'm going to say something really that might appear really corny, but I remember saying this at the facial paralysis awareness day that we met at, and I really, truly mean it. If if someone said to me now, um, we're going to give you back your face as it was, but you're going to lose contact and never be able to meet or talk to any of the friends that you've made along the way, the facial paralysis, I know I would honestly can honestly say, I say, no, get it. I'm going to keep my face. Thank you very much the way it is. Because in this journey, and it is a journey, I have met some of the most amazing, inspirational, great people that I am honoured and privileged to call my friend. Just amazing people that I would never have met before. And, you know, I think somehow it's really how we, we all have to turn that, when we get facial paralysis for a reason, shift in our thinking, um, that our life is just taking a new direction. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, uh, Elizabeth, for taking the time out today and, and talking with us, sharing your story. And it's always, always great talking to you. And I hope to uh, talk to you again real soon.